And right now, yes, streaming is less, but merchandise sales and collectives have never been higher. So why not focus some of your attention over there instead of complaining that the man isn't paying you enough for your stream? Go build a relationship and make as much money as you want. So first off, I just want to say welcome to the podcast. And before we jump into the episode, let me tell you a little bit about myself and what you can expect. I have been in the business now for coming up on 30 years. What we're going to talk about in this podcast are things that go on in my day-to-day life, whether it be as a manager, whether it be as a consultant, whether it be as someone who is creating products that's helping musicians all over the world. If there's something going on in the industry, we're going to talk about it. If there's a strategy that needs to be taught, we're going to talk about it. And if there's some way that I can help get you closer to your goal, then you are in the right place because that's what we are going to talk about here on the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Now let's jump into the episode. Helping you navigate the music industry. Here's Rick Barker with the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. So I've mentioned in the past that I get access to some pretty cool conversations. And I wanted to share in this episode of the podcast with you one of those conversations I was having with Tony Van Veen. Tony is from Disc Makers. We were discussing some really cool and creative ways to monetize merchandise. We also got deep in the conversation of whether or not you should still be offering up CDs. So let's jump in to that conversation. You know, what's funny is I told someone one time and I was speaking with a consultant who's helping me work on some of my messaging. And I said, you know what? I said, the cool part is, is that I get to change a million lives with songs that I didn't write. He goes, do you say that anywhere in your messaging? I said, no. He goes, you will now. He says, what you guys do. And I think that brings up a really good point that you're talking about is you are equipping the masses with the tools to change the world. I mean, and, and I, and I say that a lot. And a lot of times, too, uh, people will ask me, they're like, do you work with CD Baby and Disc Makers? And I'm like, no. I said, I just I, I am drawn towards people who make all of our lives easier. And if your job as a musician is getting your product out, if your job as a musician is getting things in an affordable way, I said, I don't know of a better company that's able to right. do that. And one of the things that I always talk about with you guys is the fact that you can get people on the phone. And that is huge for me in this world of chat boxes that pop up, which, by the way, they'll still pop up. But you do physically have the ability to catch a person before we jump too deep into where you and I can kind of go into a rabbit's hole, which I love. That's why I wanted to get you on the phone. Uh, Tony Van Veen is with me right now. Tony is with Disc Makers, who also has sister companies with Merchly and with CD Baby, Book Baby. Hell, you guys are buying everything. I mean, every time I talk to Kevin or or Tracy or anyone, it's like, yeah, we're off to a meeting. We just acquired this new company. So let's kind of <laughs> give the quick history because Disc Makers is where it all started with all these other companies that you guys purchased. So tell us a little bit about Disc Makers, about yourself, and then I've got some fun things I want to talk about. Well, uh, yeah, Disc Makers has, has actually been around since... 1946 uh it predates me by uh, some some my birth predates my birth by some 20 years um and uh you know started out as a pressing plant to press 78 rpm shellac discs wow for your grandfather 
That's right. right. And, uh, and so over the decades, Disc Makers has migrated through all the formats. You know, we always had a philosophy of being format agnostic. Uh, we wanted to help artists not be a pressing plant necessarily or be a CD manufacturer. We want to help artists get their content to market regardless of the formats. And right. that has kind of informed how we have evolved over the years from 40, from uh, 78 RPMs to 45 RPM singles to 12 inch LPs to eight tracks, to cassettes, CDs, DVDs. And then uh, I, I came on board in 87. This is the only place I've ever worked. Oh, wow. I was, I was in college. I played in punk rock bands. We wrote our own songs. We booked our own tours. We pressed our own records. And I was like, this is amazing. I can actually create music that people really dig. And I didn't have to go to conservatory, right, to actually learn this. I, I could just learn it on my own with friends. And I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And so I started entry level at Disc Makers, which in 1987 was a small final pressing plant. And, you know, I I, I had been the client, so I right. understood the market. I started working in marketing, customer service, answering phone calls, doing sales. And so, you know, as the pro as the product evolved, as CDs came up, the company started growing. We started to learn more how to market our services so that artists could find us when they were looking for content to create, you know, when they were looking for, for records to be pressed back in the old days or cassettes to be duplicated. And so in 99, 1999, um, a little company called Napster came onto the scene and, and I was like, holy smokes, if we don't figure out how to offer this to our artists and help them make money, we're going to be a dinosaur. Right. And, and we're going to become extinct because we're a CD manufacturing company. And so um, – and there was no money to be made off of Napster back in 99 and 2000. Nobody knew how was, yet. Yeah, no was, one knew. There was, it was all peer-to-peer -peer sharing. Yep. It wasn't until 2004 when Apple launched the iTunes store that there was actually a kind of a, a, a easy, convenient kind of commerce opportunity with, with downloads for people to buy downloads without viruses, without sure. the wrong titles on them, et cetera. Cause if you Quality wrong, control, like, a whole bunch of exactly. stuff that went into it. Yeah. So, so what I did was in, in uh, 2001, since there was no money to be made from Napster, I made a deal with CD Baby and CD Baby's owner at the time, Derek Sivers, um, to send all disc makers' clients who made CDs to CD Baby because CD Baby was an online store back then where artists could sell their CDs direct to their fans. Because CD sales online back then was Amazon, it was CD Now, which doesn't exist anymore, right. or a couple of other large stores. But you had to have traditional distribution to get into those stores. Right. And as we know, you know, me from my punk rock background and, and most every other emerging small independent artist, you could not get traditional distribution. So CD Baby filled a real need in the marketplace. And and so we started getting our artists there. Artists were able to sell online. In 2004, when uh, Apple was going to launch the iTunes store, Derek Sivers took all of his CD content, digitized it onto a few hard drives, delivered it to Apple. Wow. And now all of a sudden – CD Baby was in the digital distribution business, was a launch partner with Apple with the iTunes store. And so, you know, time goes on at some point in time. And, and Derek and I are friendly. Uh, you know, at some point in time, he, he decides the business is getting bigger. It's getting a little unruly. He wants uh, out. He's ready to move on. Yeah. 
And so uh, because of our relationship, he came to me and basically said, hey, Tony, do you want to buy this? I know that you guys at this makers are really focused on the independent artists. I think you would be a good steward for it. And so we make a deal. And uh, the rest, as they say, is history. Wow. Um, you know, CD Baby has a gentleman in the name of uh, Tracy Maddox, who's a CEO, who's done a phenomenal job. He got us into music publishing and royalty uh, collection. He got us into YouTube monetization. Uh, he, he, he spearheaded kind of a push internationally because, you know, digital music is a, is a, is a global industry. It is. And, um, and the independent artist up to that point has been left out of that pie unless you physically went over to Europe and toured and sold your T-shirts and sold your discs. And, and yeah. that's one of the things that I really try to – when I tell the independent artists now – it's not cliche when I say it's the best time ever to be in the music industry because the barriers are, are being knocked down. And if it's not being knocked down by you, it's being knocked down by someone. And the mm -hmm. fact that you have the ability to partner with that someone and the, and the fact that it's like I don't care how much music you put out there. If you don't know how to collect the money, you're just putting out music. And, and that's a big thing. I mean there's this big pile of money that's still sitting out there that's unaccounted for because – Things weren't done properly. And I think what's been real interesting with you and one of the passions that I have is educating that independent artist to say, look, you have to think like a business owner. And with any business, there are distribution channels to get your product into the marketplace and there's collection channels in order to collect the money. You know, you have an accounting department and most of you don't know where to go. And that's why when CD Baby Pro and all this stuff came out for publishing, and I was telling people, I'm like, look, I said, here, I said, I don't like the term one-stop shop, but there's this channel that you can go down from the creation, the registration, the production, the sales, the collection of money. I mean, there's so many different ways for you to get paid. Why not go to someone who understands that more than you? Know a little bit about it, enough to have a conversation with your person, but leave it to the experts to go do all that. So what I, do you think I, makes I it hard sometimes yeah. for artists to just let go and go, okay, do it. You guys are the professionals. Go ahead. I don't hate the term one stop shop at all because, you know, we have set ourselves up with, with CD baby to be able to monetize, help artists monetize every aspects of their music with the exception of live ticketing. Right. Right. Physical product. We, CD Baby is the only digital uh, aggregator or distributor that actually still allows you to, you know, we carry physical product, we fulfill physical product, you can sell direct through your CD Baby store or through distribution, we have distribution partnerships, we can sell your, we'll sell your stuff on Amazon. Digital, you know, downloads, streaming, royalty collection, performance royalties, neighboring rights with sound exchange, YouTube monetization, everything, you just send us your content, you know, Fill out the forms, click the authorizations for what you want us to do. You don't have to do everything. Right. But if you're an independent artist, life is hard enough just getting the word out, right? Sure. Building your own brand, building your fan base. We're your partner, you know, on, on in terms of monetizing everything from the demand that you create. Well, and and that's that's the thing with, you know, um, Barriers have fallen and, and people complain a lot like, well, is this really the best time to be a musician? I'm with you. This is the best time to be 
musician because it's it's so cheap to get your content out. It's virtually free, really, sure. if you think about it, to get your content out worldwide. But the but the basic and people then come start complaining, and particularly folks in the industry, right? All the big wigs in the industry. There's so much noise. There's so much you know stuff that's not good, and and you're going to get lost in noise. I'm like, I, I I don't buy that. What what I believe is that the fundamentals of creating success as an artist always started small and local, right? It starts with gigging. It starts with hand-to-hand combat. From the garage to the club to it's it's right. Yeah, exactly. Getting people's email addresses, building a mailing list, having a website, doing some social media. I mean, you have tools now to message for free. When I was playing in a band back in the dinosaur ages in the (laughs) mid-80s, we were actually licking stamps for our newsletters and actually putting printed newsletters in the mail to our fans. It's so much better now. Yeah, we used to walk around with the backpack, the staple gun, and the posters, exactly. you know, and it's like, and the, the pliers, because the post, the telephone poles were so crowded with tax, you had to pull out your own staples and things like that. I think the reason why I, I mentioned what I did about the one-stop shop is that when when catchphrases come along, there are companies that claim to be that aren't, yeah. and people get screwed, and people are like, well... I thought that was being taken care of by so-and-so, and and I thought that was being taken care of by so-and-so. And And a lot of times people don't do their homework. And there are certain companies that are out there, and I'm not here to bash any other companies, that claim to be able to do more than they're able to do. And it's like an artist, if they're not educated, they don't know that it's really not being done. They don't know that they're leaving money on the table. They don't know that a lot of things are happening. Before we move on from physical CDs... You keep hearing the world say physical CD sales are down. They're non-existent. Share with us how many physical CDs you guys printed over the last two years probably. Well, there, there's there's no doubt that physical CDs are down. Uh, but we're still making this year almost 30 million CDs um, because – the, the format, and maybe this leads us into kind of some of the rest of the conversation, yeah. the function of the disc has evolved, right? The disc is no longer really a carrier medium for music, right? You, we all get our music on our phone. Yeah. Right? I, I, I run a disc manufacturing company and I get my music on the phone. And, um, and so the function of the disc has moved away from being a carrier medium for music to really being – a souvenir being, you know, a piece of merch. And so where do CDs get sold nowadays? Yes, a few on Amazon and a few through distribution, but stores are closing or, you know, yep. the big box stores are taking product out, uh, CD product out, uh, though they're still carrying vinyl. So, but what this is now is it gets CDs get sold at live gigs and it's less about the product and it's more about you, the artist autographing those that that disc because right. the disc is really a substrate for an autograph right and coming home and this is proof i was there at that concert right and i met the band and when that band is huge i've got the autograph still have that autograph and i was a fan back from the first cds uh, first album that they were selling and so that's the that's function. great we were teasing people that Taylor Swift sold a million CDs to people that don't own CD players, you know, of physical products because she yeah. sold them in the books through Target. She threw, did them in a lot of creative ways. And I want, I want to segue into the bundle right now and then talk about Merchly because right now I, I'm, 
I, I talk a lot about the $40 CD. The $40 CD anchors, the $40 CD anchors the autographed vinyl, anchors the T-shirt, anchors the hoodie. It's like things are being sold in bundles right now. And it's like you could not go into Walmart. You purchase, you purchased a CD. I got Southern there for a second. Purchased. You purchased a CD <laughs> for $9.99 and you walked out with that CD. Now you're all of a sudden leaving with a T-shirt. You're able to raise the price. You're able to create other opportunities around that CD. And that's where I think what, you know, this weekend, here I am managing a major label artist and we have to sell our CD for a certain price because that's how much we buy it from Universal for. So yeah. here we are with the $20 autograph CD because we're also signed to a major merch company. And the independent artist, one of my clients that opened up for us, had the bundle system going on. They were selling two EPs and a CD for $15, bought pick any shirt and CD for $15, yeah. and they actually outsold us because we were handcuffed and having to sell for a certain price over here when the independent artist was able to get real creative with their pricing. And that's, you know, that's, uh, that, that's one of the challenges when you go, I mean, there's certainly advantages in terms of reach, et cetera, right. from going to, uh, from an independent artist to a label. What a lot of artists don't understand is when you're on a label, you're buying those CDs for $7 a piece wholesale, right? That's right. right. 662. Yes. Yeah, 662. Yeah. People laugh when, when they tell them that. And and as an independent artist, you're buying that CD for ninety cents. If you, you know, order a thousand <laughs> CDs, you're buying it for ninety cents. So the CD, the second function of the CD is actually a, a calling card, right? Right. It's when you meet somebody on the street and you say, "Hey, I'm so and so. I'm in this band. You know, what's more impo- impactful? Tell them, you know, look me up on Spotify, and they walk they walk away and they forgot about you. Or right. say, Hey, here's my CD. Right. And and so so calling card basically kind of a demo and um and and really kind of a, a a souvenir a merch piece right. is, is what the what the physical product is is about and and the stuff you're talking about with bundles clients love a deal fans yes. customers love a deal so whether you're talking about experimenting with pricing or bundling you know hey if you have old CDs that are sitting in your garage oh right oh. tell your fans from from the stage hey i got our, we have our new CD out the first 25 fans that buy Get our new seat, buy our new CD, get a free copy of our first CD. Free right? is still a very powerful word. People don't realize that. Free yeah. is very powerful. People love a deal, right? Look, I I don't know if you're married, Rick. I am. But uh, those of us who are married, uh, you know, may, may have heard on occasion that, you know, if my wife goes out and goes shopping and she comes home and she says, Honey, there was such a great sale today. I saved so much money. Right. Like, yeah, but how much did you spend? That's right. No, but, that's that's but, exactly but right. The psychology of buying is give them a deal, right? If you're selling a disc for ten bucks and a shirt for twenty, give them both for twenty five, right? And and there was a uh, comedian that was super funny. His name's Carlos Mencia, and Carlos would have each item was individually priced at a crazy number. It was like a DVD was twenty five, a hoodie was 50 or you could get all the all five dvds for 50 bucks he said i got 50 dollars from every person every single night aaron (laughs) watson a texas artist who is crazy with selling tickets and selling merch he was the first one i heard from the stage he was at a brand new show and he said listen he said head over to the merch table after the show i can't wait to meet you and i'll give you my first record 
just give me an email because when I come back around again, I would love to meet you. And I went to him and I'm like, I was thinking old school. I'm like, wow, that's a real expensive way to collect a, a CD, uh, an email address. And he says, Rick, he says, I own my own publishing and it cost me 75 cents to print the disc. Yeah. He said, I just got somebody to the merchandise booth where there's a chance they'll buy a T-shirt. I sell one T-shirt. It covers all my email addresses that night. And I got a chance to get an email address. So I love the creativity that people are getting right now. Talk about Merchly a little bit. You guys went ahead and picked up a merchandise company as well uh, as we stay on this theme of right. under one roof. <laughs> uh, and I see emails come across my desk all the time on the 499 shirt or the 449 shirt. It's like you guys have really come to a place where you can deliver now on the merchandise side as well. Right. Well, as the disc product became more of a merch product, we started looking around and and start saying, you know, there, there's got to be, there's actually got to be a better, easier way to actually do merch on kind of a national basis for artists. And we're, since we're already effectively in the merch business, how else can we help artists with merch? And so we launched Merchly because, you know, we know how to print. We know how to silk screen print because we silk screen print 30 million sure. discs a year. Right. right? And um, and so, you know, at, most artists have basically two options when they're thinking about merch. One is the local guy in a little storefront who either resells it or he has a little, you know, silk screen machine in the back. Uh, and the other option is, you know, going to, uh, you know, custom ink or one of the big, uh, silk screen printers. Uh, and, and the, the, the product gets pretty expensive. Right. So we thought I want to, I want to, and, and with, with those, um, with those kind of products as an independent artist, I mean, how much can you sell a shirt for 20 bucks, 25 at most, bucks at the most, at, at the most, right. Right. So I'm thinking if you're going to pay eight or $9 for a shirt, you know, with a custom ink, the margin isn't that great if you're selling for 20. So we, we started looking at it and we, we said, you know what, we can, we can print these shirts. We can do the basic concert tee, you know, white print, black shirt in quantities as low as 50 for four ninety nine. And how do we want, how do we give an artist as much value as a local guy? We're going to ship it for free. We're not going to charge shipping. So four ninety nine, fifty 50 shirts at your door. Um, and then when you sell for 20 bucks, now all of a sudden you're making 75% margin, right? Right. And, and so, so that's – and, and it's because we came from that side, right? We know we're selling this for a dollar that people, artists are selling for 10. We know artists hustle really hard and you know, selling it is harder than making it. Right. Right. You know, we have a we have a saying, you know, at at, at this makers, the wor the world can make stuff, but nothing's ha nothing happens until it's sold. And so um, so when we when we came to the merch side of the business, we thought this, this is where we got to be. This is where we got to be with pricing, to be indie friendly because indie artists don't have big budgets. But there's a real nice revenue opportunity. And then you can start playing. You can afford to play with price. Sure. Right. And and if you have some some odd sized shirts that are left over or something like that, sell them for ten bucks. You're still making a fifty percent profit. Uh, and, and so so that kind of started us uh, in in the merch business. Uh, little 
close to two years ago. At this let, point. let me ask you, and, and it's something that was, I, I want to say novelty for lack of a better word, but the USB drive was, was a novelty there for a while. Are, are you guys still finding that to be effective? What's some of the creative ways you've seen? Is that part of a bundle now? Is that, you know, because my new Mac doesn't even have a USB drive. I have to have an adapter on it to get the <laughs> USB drive. It's like they are just eliminating their, it's like they are driving me to, you know, Spotify and Apple Music because of what we're doing for functionality. Are you still finding that to be a cool handout? It is a cool handout. Um, the the challenge with USBs, and, and we offer USBs, and we have these USB cards. They're these business card-sized USBs that are really cool. You can get a nice graphic print on them. Uh, that That's great for artists. Um, if all you're doing with a USB put it, is putting the same album on it, it's expensive because right. it's going to cost you six bucks, okay. seven bucks, you know, to, to buy it in a small quantity of 50 or a hundred. Um, because there's a couple of gigs of memory on the USB drive. And so, and, and it costs money. So, uh, it, it's from a price point, it falls at a similar level as vinyl, right? We have, we have plenty of artists that are interested in vinyl, but if you're going to do 200 vinyls, it's going to cost you $8, $9 a record. Right. Right. And, and so, they're 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 interesting products, but the price point, and this is one of the things that keeps a lot of CD volume going. It's a dollar for a disc CD, right? right? Or eight dollars here, for a right? USB or eight dollars for a vinyl record. Uh, and so, with artists who who have tight budgets, they will buy these other items, but not nearly in in the volume. Now, if you the opportunity with USB is to do something really cool and interesting. Uh, there was, uh, I think, five six years ago. Uh, we have a client, uh, a band called I Fight Dragons, a gentleman by the name of Brian Mazzaferi. And he, he, had, he had come up with his bundle. This was before streaming had blown up. Okay. So we were still in the download era. He had come up with his bundle, 200 USBs, limited quantity run. If you bought the USB for $200, he was selling it for $200. Okay. You were going to get all the music on the USB that he had ever recorded. You were going to get access to a site where you could get a download onto that USB, all the music that band was ever going to record. And if you took that USB drive to any of their concerts, you got in for free. Oh, wow. So The ultimate a, pre-sale. It was, <laughs> it was an incredible angle. And he, he sold out so quick. He sold out within f- uh, 48 hours. Right. Do the math. Yep. Two hundred USBs to two hundred dollars, forty grand. He was starting to drive so much money um, through his PayPal account. PayPal actually temporarily shut him down. They thought there was some kind of fraud going on. Right. And so, but he made in two days forty grand. Right. Well, and I so, think that's so if you where do cool stuff. Yeah. Right. With with artists nowadays, you have video content. You can do. You know, heck, take your private pictures or private videos from rehearsal or or the stuff that you don't want necessarily that's what people want that, that, that gets real value and that connects you more to the fan and now all of a sudden you can sell a usb for 20 or 25 or depending on what you do on it sure 40 or 200 right this guy sold, he was selling for 200 dollars. we did something recently which was pretty interesting because the rule was while this clock while this artist was in between contracts he couldn't release music, but they said nothing about performing music or things like that. So I just did a webinar 
And it was weird trying to sell a webinar to fans because they have no idea really what a webinar is, but it was the only yeah. platform that I could keep it private, not on Facebook Live. So yeah. we sold 85 tickets only for $100 each, and that included the you have to watch the live. We recorded the video and kept it. We stripped the audio off the video. We ended up creating a custom shirt just for that night with the set list on the back so that shirt would never be available again. He took pictures of the handwritten lyrics of the songs and we sold that thing out in like three hours. So after the cost of goods, the cost of goods on everything was probably plus including shipping, I think was like $18. It's right. like, so here's this guy out of a hundred dollars. He's keeping 82 and yeah. he's like, and I did, he's like, why don't we do more of these? And I think that's where artists have, everyone's talking about streaming, talking about you got to get on these playlists if you still, unless you're Drake or one of the big artists, you're not going to make enough money back on your streaming. You create relationships where you can sell 100 opportunities every two months at 40 bucks an opportunity. You're doing really well for yourself. Yeah. And yeah. that is out there and is available. Yeah, it's look, it's a matter of being and thinking creatively, right? We have, and, and this is a different kind of merch product, the client, we have a client called Ninja Sex Party. And uh, they play kind of humor rock okay. and they, they, they cater to like a gamer, an online gamer audience, and they have over a million subscribers on YouTube. So these guys have a, they have a big market. Um, and what they did a couple of years ago was they had a new product coming out and they were going to come out on CD and they were basically pre-selling. They told uh, – their fans that whoever pre-orders a CD was going to get an autographed copy. So if you pre-order just for pre-ordering, right. you're going to get an autographed copy. After that, after the CD was out, you were just going to get a regular copy. These guys, because of the, the, the audience that they had, they were in our offices at CD baby for a week, autographing CDs. They sold tens of thousands wow. of uh, CDs at, I think it was 15 bucks a pop. Right. So, 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 and, and other artists, you can do this as an artist. You just have to think about it, right? You have to come up with the idea and, um, and, and then figure out, you know, how, how, how small or how large does my fan base have to be in order to do this? And you're never too small to start connecting with fans, Correct. right? And Even if there's yeah. half a dozen of them somewhere. Yeah on a Facebook live. Well, or, and that's or, the thing too, is I think a lot of times is that the artists will go out and get all this merch that they think is cool, that they think their fans are going to love and they don't have any fans yet. You know, get your fans involved in the conversation. Ask your fans to help you design a shirt, come up with three yeah. designs and put a poll on Facebook or a poll on Twitter. All you're doing is letting them buy what they feel they had a hand in creating anyway. And that's what's great about the tools that are available with you now through social media is you don't have to be in the inventory business anymore. You can actually be in the sales business, but you've got to understand first and foremost, you know, focus on the quality of your product. Make sure that you've got good songs. Make sure that you've got quality production. Make sure that you get quality artwork. If you want to be treated like a professional, look like a professional. And I think that's a lot of what you guys are able to do is you're able to not only let them compete 
actually you even better than compete price wise with the the major label artists because the the money that they have to recoup in order to make money is a lot more than you as an independent artist do but they give you the ability to look good and i think that's sometimes where people talk about the noise the noise is is you go out and you look and there's a lot of quality product out there the noise came from the fact that the internet allowed us to realize that there were super talented people not just the folks we heard on radio or saw on MTV or VH1. And I think that's where the noise came from. If you want to cut through the noise, use the tools that are available to you. Make sure that your product is quality. And make sure that when you built an audience that you're giving them products that they can purchase. They want to spend money with you. They're going to spend it someplace. Might as well be with you. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, as an artist, you have to think like a, like a business person. And, and you're absolutely right. But it's even more than that. You have to be a student of the game. And, and, and the game is two parts. It's the creative piece of making music and it's the business side, right? The creative piece. I mean, how often have you talked to a songwriter and they like, I don't listen to pop music because I play grindcore or whatever, <laughs> right? And, and I'm like, okay, but you still need to know the rules of the game, right? The, you know, bands that break through, like, Going going back eons, right? Metallica started out as you know a hardcore blend with kind of speed metal band that sure. was getting no radio play, except they knew how to craft songs that hooked, you know, <laughs> verse, chorus, verse, chorus, right. bridge, chorus, right? And and so so they knew that. And so so if you dismiss listening to a pop song, you're not a professional, right? You have to um, you, you have to know how to write a good song, and on the business side, it's the same thing. You have to be a student of the game. There are so many resources uh, out there uh, on the internet, music uh, newsletters. There are artists doing really interesting stuff. If you listen, take what they do and make it yours. Copy it, make it yours, and and do your version of it. Right? We we have a saying here. R&D means rip off and duplicate. Right. Instead and, of research and, and development. And that's what they yeah, don't understand. Exactly. As, as this is going to be aired the first time, the DIY Musician Conference is just that. That is a place where you can go and get educated. It's like it's sometimes you'll ask yourself, well, that artist isn't as talented as me. Why are they winning? It's because they more than likely they've done their research and they treat this like a business. They went and yeah. understood the rules of the game. And that's where that's where I don't have any sympathy for artists that feel entitled. I don't have I've never found the entitlement store. If you guys get a chance to purchase the entitlement store, do it. Uh, I've never found it. You know, and people will say, well, I just want what I'm entitled to. I'm like, well, then that's saying that somebody else isn't worthy of it. And that's not fair in life as a human being. It's like it's out there for all of us yeah. to get. It's just at the size at which we get it, sometimes maybe limited by the education that we have, the resources that we have, but use your resources and reinvest. It's like I, I, I hear artists, I, I, well, I can't afford that. I don't see artists. No. I, I am stunned, right? Artists will drop 99 bucks on an effect pedal yes. at the drop of a hat. But they will not take invest even the time even in free or let alone ninety nine dollars for a conference Correct. where they can build knowledge. What's going to help you more in your career? That one effects pedal right. or actually the knowledge about how to how to 
build your mailing list faster, how to make more money at your gigs, how to, you know, uh, communicate more effectively through social media, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, and that's the thing too, Tony, is I think it's, that's why I love the conference is because it attracts the right type of person. You know, I invested over the last two weeks, $250 in Facebook advertising to be able to show a case study to that audience to see what you can do for a dollar a day, because the right person's going to be able to grab onto that. And I'm sitting there for a second going, okay, I was able to get X number of people to watch 100% of my video uninterrupted, not at a bar, not trying to pick up on chicks, not with a lot of noise going on. Is that worth two cents to you? And that's what they don't understand is that I can teach them how to get that kind of attention. And then once you have that kind of attention, then you take them through the process that will lead them to a sale that will lead them to a download downloads, not anymore. You know what people want to, by the way, folks, uh, the email for the download, those days are gone. So if you notice that you're not getting as many email addresses, it's because we don't download music anymore. That worked about five or six years ago when that was the medium. Now what people want are access to things that others can't get. If you want to send them behind the scene footage, if you want to, exactly. you know, give yeah, them a chance. Get an email address for that. Yes, that's what you're having to get. But what might have to happen before that is you just want to get them over to your website or you want to get them. What I tell people now is the new video view on Facebook is the new email because that's usually our first date as we get them to click on a button. Now we're able to retarget them to go back and build a relationship yeah. We may have to ask for the email on the third date, not necessarily the first date. But if you do offer it on the first date, everyone, we're having a giveaway at the end of the month where we have 100 autographed CDs. And it could be your first CD. We're not in the business of things expiring anymore. That's what's so great. It's not milk. There is no shelf life for music anymore. It's like you can constantly drive new people to your old stuff. And as they become fans, they really want that. It's so important. Yeah. And one of the things that's happened in this business, right, and kind of bring us back to the topic of merch is, you know, as the average transaction for musical content went from 10 to 15 dollars for a CD to 99 cents for a download single to a quarter of a penny for a listen. That's right. The monies that you make at your gigs become disproportionately more important. In the overall, in your overall ability to make a living from your music, right? And and so, and that's where merch comes in, and that's where, um, you know, because I mean, if you sell fifteen shirts for twenty bucks, it's three hundred bucks, right? Right, and you need an awful lot of streams for three hundred bucks. <laughs> People don't um, understand that. Yeah, they don't understand and, that. Yeah, and, and so you know, so having you know. I mean, I, I always advise folks when you have merch, you know, on your merch table, your CD titles, your vinyl titles, USBs, T-shirts, don't run out of your old inventory. Don't run out of your old CD titles because, you know, there 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 could be a, you know, a new fan at your concert that you've just made a new fan now and they don't have that first album. And for, you know, there's an opportunity to pick up an extra 10 bucks because they didn't have your first album. Yeah, uh, so, I, I think the more creative you can get, you know, and don't treat every fan the same, folks, because they're not. If there's a fan that wants to send you 
$100 a month, give them an opportunity to give you $100 a month. If there's a fan that wants to send you $20 a month, you know, one of the things that we're experimenting with is having a different shirt for every song, creating a song, a shirt of the month club that comes along with something else. And for $20, you get a new shirt sent to you. We already have your size. You get it delivered to you. We release the song and the shirt mm-hmm. the same time every month, and it costs us $5 for the shirt. So if you've got a hundred fans that would love to be a part of the shirt of the month and you're, and you're, you know, netting $15 per sale off of that, that's $1,500 a month that you didn't have to put gas in the van. You didn't have to hire players. You didn't have to pay for insurance. There's so many different ways and build up to that hundred. Most artists aren't making $1,500 a month. Get yourself to that point first and then grow it and continue to grow it and continue to grow it. And just make sure that you're always evolving, that you're using the tools that are available to you. A lot of times as artists, you're too busy complaining about the way you want things to be instead of dealing with the way that they are. And right now, yes, streaming is less, but merchandise sales and collectives have never been higher. So why not focus some of your attention over there instead of complaining that, the man isn't paying you enough for your stream. Go build a relationship and make as much money as you want. Create your own ATM machine. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, I think this is a good place to uh, to wrap this one up. Uh, I'm excited to see you uh, this week. Anything uh, that you're looking forward to at the conference? Are there any se- secrets that you could tell us or surprises or what, what's your goal? Uh, we, this year? we are going to give the folks who attend the conference a secret sneak preview, confidential sneak preview of something really exciting that we're working on awesome. uh, on the marketing side. And I can't divulge it yet because uh, they'll cap me. That's okay. Cap, yes. Cap my knees. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, it's look, I, I, you know, I've been through to every single conference. Um, this will be our fourth uh, year in a row that we that we're organizing this, and I just love going because the the energy and enthusiasm of the attendees. And you were there, Rick. I mean, after you when, when you spoke last year, how long did you stand outside? Uh, you know, talking <laughs> talking to artists. what's, what's interesting you, you is people proud of like like eight deep for like at least an hour. Yeah. I, I, I spent probably, I had, I spent one hour in the main room doing my presentation and I spent about four hours in the hall because that's how hungry the people are. But also too, is that's who I am because I'm there every day. Now I just don't show up, speak and leave. I mean, I'm there all the time because that's where the action is at. that's where the relationships are. Are built. And, uh, yeah, and I, I, you know, this this is not meant to be a, you know, an ad for the conference because most folks will probably hear this after the conference is over. But one of the cool things is that most of the resources, the the, the, the folks who speak actually hang out for the three days. Yes. Bob Boylan from NPR does does something there. He hangs out for three days. He yep. meets artists. You can talk to him. It's it's just you hang out. Um, you know, others other speakers hang out. So it's it's a cool event. And the cool thing is, for artists. I think who come for the first time. One of the big things is, you know, as an artist, you have so many questions. Where do I start? What do I do? What should I do next? And then you come there and there are 1,499 others around you with exactly the same question. And it can get really lonely sometimes as an artist trying to figure out what I have to do. And now 
you're like, oh, wait, I'm not alone. There's all these Here's my people. people. We'll, Here's we'll, figure my... It, we'll figure it out. This is my tribe, yeah, right? that's exactly right. It doesn't right. matter the genre that you play. This is my tribe. And so – it, and and that's it. Just makes it just like a super high energy, really cool. Event. Well, and I'll make sure that you know in in this because where this will be placed, know that below it, wherever I can, you'll get links to everything we talked about. You'll get links to Merchly, to Disc Makers, to CD Baby. We'll make sure that you have links to that. Also, too, just a reminder: if you are listening to this uh, after the DIY Musician Conference has taken place, go to the CD Baby. Facebook page because many of the keynotes and workshops in the big room are going to be broadcast live. They're going to be streamed live on Facebook. So that will live on the CD Baby Facebook page. So make sure that you go uh, check that out. And the thing that I think I want to leave you guys with is this is one, get as creative as you want. Make sure that because you are a business that you have the right tools in your business And make sure if you're going to take the time to record this music and get this music out, make sure that it's registered and protected properly. And you've got someone who's able to collect those streams for you. There's places that you are probably owed money that you did not even know. And instead of trying to learn all those places yourself, take a look at CD Baby Pro. Take a look at the opportunity. And now this is a commercial for disc makers and CD Baby Pro is because here's the thing, folks. Is Well, the, the thing is this, is that they don't know what they don't know. And I had a little girl, I was one day watching Instagram. She was so excited. She just put out her first single. And uh, I asked her, you know, hey, how much did you pay to produce? She goes, my parents spent $5,500. We got it produced by this big time producer. I said, awesome. I said, who's your PRO? She goes, what's a PRO? And I'm like, wait a minute, you just spent all this money to record your parents money to record this song and you put it out in the world. I said, who did you use? She said, well, I used CD Baby. I said, well, the good news for you is, is they'll be able to collect a portion of that. But unless you check the box, they can't collect your publishing part. She goes, well, who owns the publishing I said, uh, you do right now. It's like, so don't be afraid to educate yourself, folks. Yeah. It's like the stuff's out there. Go to cdbaby.com, discmakers.com. They've got a lot of free handouts uh, that are written by folks in the industry that are there to help you. We're doing everything we can to give you the tools that you need, but it's up to you guys to use them, period. And I do want to say, I do want to say Merchly is not Merchly.com. It's Merch.ly. Merch.ly. So- yeah. Okay. So, uh, so I got I got one tip. Yes, please. Before we before we before we leave, if you want to sell more merch, make it awesome. Like don't, don't you know you can put your band logo on a shirt and you'll sell some. But if you and even with one color, you can create an awesome design or something really edgy. And you want to make your merch so cool that fans just covet it. That they walk by and they're like, I gotta have that. And and that's how you sell. Don't make your merch boring. Be creative. Get a designer or, you know, pay a professional designer or, you know, if you know somebody who does design at some art college, you know, get them to design something really cool for you uh, so that fans just got to have it. You got to make your merch irresistible. Awesome. With that, Rick, I really appreciate the no. time. Enjoyed our chat. Thank you. And I'll see you, I'll see you in a couple of days. Yes, sir, you will. All yeah. right. And all the uh, links will be in the show notes. So you guys have a good one, and we'll chat soon. Ciao. Yeah. 
hope you enjoyed this episode of the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. Remember, there is no one-size-fits-all model when it comes to the music industry. So check out my website, rickbarker.com, take the quiz, and I will send you information specific to you to help make sure that you are on the right track. You've been listening to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast with Rick Barker. You can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick Barker Music. And remember, you don't drown by falling into the water, you drown by staying there.